0: Amen. 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 Y'all go ahead and take a seat. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Easter. He is risen. Yes. Amen. 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 Welcome to City Light. Hey, if you're new here, this is your first time at church, really at all, we'd love for you to fill out that connect card on your seat, pass it in on your way out, and we will give you a present in return. We would love to connect with you. That would be Awesome. Uh, The egg hunt went great yesterday, thanks to all who came out, thanks to all who served. Uh, We were able to serve over 500 people, and it was just an awesome party together uh, to have fun, so I'm really excited and thankful for that. Hey, today as we celebrate Easter, uh, the resurrection is all about what the resurrection produces. And so I want you to see, as the the baptism would testify, uh, that what the resurrection does is it actually changes people's real lives. This is what it does, and many of you in the room can testify to that, and many of you in the room might still be skeptical of that, and I want you to see from someone's testimony, as we heard from Justin, how the resurrection isn't just a fact, and it's not just an idea, but it's a truth that transforms us. It's a truth that makes us new. It's a truth that changes our lives and our eternity. And so the message today, a short, quick message for us to consider, is called An Empty Tomb, or an empty life, an empty tomb or an empty life. Jesus said in John 10 that he came to give life and to give it to the full. And this means life, not just now, but most importantly, for all of eternity. And so this game that my kids like to play all the time that you probably have played as well, is called would you rather, you know? I have a would you rather question for you this morning. The most important would you rather question you've ever heard, all right? So it's not would you rather forks for hands or forks for feet, you know? Like, you know not that kind of would you rather, which is important. I don't know which one to take there. But uh, the most important would you rather is this. Uh, would you rather believe in an empty tomb or live an empty life? This is really the question of the human race. Is Would you rather believe in an empty tomb, even though that might sound crazy to you, or live an empty life? My prayer today, my simple prayer, is that the Lord would work supernaturally to bring all of us to understand the full life he wants to give us in him and in his name, and that there really is, even as Justin said, no hope and nothing out there for us outside of Christ. I want to talk to different people in the room this morning. I know some of you may be here and you're new and you're just kind of learning this whole thing or maybe a family member, a friend brought you or this is the one day you go with your grandma to church all year, you know, like whatever it might be for you. Maybe you're super skeptical. Maybe you're angry at Christians in the church. Maybe you just don't care. Uh, maybe you're in that kind of position where you're interested or you're seeking, but you're still on the outside of faith. Uh, I want you to at least give me the next 20 minutes of your life. Because you and I both know what it's like to feel empty inside. This is something we can all relate to. No matter what we believe about anything, this is something we all understand as a human race. And this is a way we can connect with one another is to say, you and I both know what it's like to feel like life is empty and to not have hope and to feel discouraged and confused. And I want to at least give you the opportunity to listen to what God has to say about that for you. The gospel is inherently good news. And the Lord wants to deliver good news to you this morning. He wants you to have a full life in him. He doesn't want your life to stay empty. I know there's also a group of you who came in here believing in an empty tomb, but not living full in Jesus. You agree on the facts that the tomb is empty, but you're not experiencing what Jesus said. I have come to grant life and to give it to the full. And you're stuck and maybe you're discouraged or maybe you're in certain areas of sin or habits and you're just not experiencing the full life Jesus came for you to have and to experience. And today Jesus is calling you back with resurrection power to live in light of the resurrection. He didn't rise from the dead so that you could live an empty life and so that you could walk hopeless and shameful and purposeless. He didn't rise from the dead for that. And so may you return to him to live the full life he has in you. His forgiveness is ready to receive you again today. Just as Justin said, as a prodigal coming back, he is ready to receive you. I know some of you came in here joyful, ready to celebrate. You're ready to go. You're you're ready to go. And I'm thankful for that. Praise the Lord for that. Some of you, though, dragged yourself here, even though it's Easter, you know. You dragged yourself here. Maybe you're in the middle of grief, confusion about life. You're not even sure what you believe anymore you're struggling and you know you should be celebratory, but you're not feeling very celebratory today. And I want you to know that's okay. The Lord is very kind and gracious to you as well. He wants to encourage you with the resurrection as a means of hope for wherever you're at in your life today. So the point being, before we even begin, is that however you came in this room, Whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, whether you're feeling full of hope or not full of hope, whether you're excited and celebratory or not, and you're grieving and confused, wherever you came in this room, the Lord wants to provide the same thing to each one of us, which is fullness of life through faith in Jesus Christ. That the resurrection would provide that for you, maybe for some on a continual basis that you're renewed in that and some maybe for the very first time. But here's something I want you to understand as we prepare to open the scriptures is that an empty tomb for Jesus means a full life for us. This is the good news of the gospel. An empty tomb for Jesus means a full life for us. So in light of that, go ahead and open your Bible to Luke 24. All right. We're excited to hear from God this morning. If you didn't bring a Bible or you don't own one, don't worry about that. It'll be on the screen uh, and you can look at it there. The first 12 verses we'll look at the account of the resurrection. It says, But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day and rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11 and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. And some of you are in this position, verse 11. But these words seemed to them an idle tale. And they did not believe them. But Peter rose, he ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in, he saw the linen clothes by themselves and he went home marveling at what had happened. And my prayer is that we would all end up like Peter in this position, that we would believe and that we would go home today marveling at who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. But what I wanna do is ask you a simple question that the angels asked the women. They said this in verse five, why do you seek the living among the dead. This is the root cause of the emptiness in our life, is that we seek for life in dead places. The question the angels ask is the same question that God wants to ask of you today to provoke some understanding, is why do you seek the living among the dead? Why are you looking for life in the graveyards of this world, looking for forgiveness from people who don't even know the worst about you? Who can't give you forgiveness in the places of your life you feel most ashamed? Looking for significance just in being successful. Looking for purpose in work. Looking for a place of belonging in a group of important people. Looking for love in romantic relationships. Looking for peace of mind and more money. Looking for safety in the right neighborhood. Looking for rest. Simply in hobbies, looking for a thrill in taking risk in life, looking for happiness in good circumstances, looking for something to take the pain away in things that actually bring you more pain, looking for a break in places that actually end up breaking you. This is what it looks like to look for life in dead places. Why are you seeking the living among the dead? these ladies, they went to the tomb to find someone that they expected to be dead, but he was actually alive. But you and I do the opposite. We go to the dead places of the world and we expect to find something alive that is actually dead. And like I said, this is the root cause of your deepest troubles and pain. It is an experience we're all common with, but the language the Bible would use and God would call it is sin. Sin is when we choose our own way. When we look for what we want and need in any place except God. This is what it looks like to sin. It is when we reject God's grace, when we reject God's love, when we reject God's comfort, God's purpose, God's joy, God's leadership, God's forgiveness. And we choose anything other than God. And we end up looking for life in dead places. When we start, it feels like freedom, but not long after that, it ends like slavery. And this is the experience we all find ourselves in, and some of you, it's defining the reality of your life. We end up being misled by the directions we've given ourselves. We end up looking for life in dead places. Proverbs 16, 25 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. And that's true for many of you this morning, that there is a way that has seemed right for you to take. It is a way maybe the world has laid out for you. More money, more power, more significance. You'll feel better about your life, have more purpose, more worth. And as a matter of fact, none of those things actually work. They don't do it. More relationships, more pleasure, and you'll actually feel better. More escape, and you'll be able to numb your pain. But none of those things work. It doesn't actually Work. We are misled by our own directions. There is a way that seems right, but the way that has seemed right to you has ended in an empty life. And I want to offer you today, as a substitute for your empty life, an empty tomb, and that Jesus would fill your life. Let me give you an an example of this. The other day I was driving to the Nats game, so I was taking my son to the Nats game on his birthday. It was last Sunday. And we had to leave right after church, right? So I preached, said, said bye, and I was out of here, okay? And, and uh, we got in the car, and we, it was going to take 30 minutes to get there, which would have given us right there at 1.30. It had been perfect. We would have got there right on time, and it all worked out. Well, as it turns out, on our drive there, there was an accident on 395, a really bad accident, which is obviously unfortunate and awful, and it closed down the entire road. But the maps didn't know that yet, all right? So I drive, and any of you who know how to get into D.C., once you're on that way, you have to get over the river, and there's really no other shot. You know, like 395 is the road, okay? It is the way to get over, uh, and that's one of your best ways to do it. So I get over to, and it says, okay, you can't take 395 north. And you know, the maps goes from like, oh, you're 20 minutes away, oh, to now you're 55 minutes away. You're like, how did that just happen? How? So I realized it's closed. MAPS finally realizes it's closed. It makes you take a, go up and take a U-turn to come back around. I was like, okay, I, don't, I didn't really look. I just replugged it in and said, okay, it's going to take me where I need to go. Well, I waited in a very long line. I took a U-turn. And you know what MAPS told me to do? Get on 395 North, just on the other on-ramp. And I thought, this on-ramp is closed because the one 50 feet away is also closed. You cannot get on to 395. So I ended up having to ignore what Maps was saying, drive all the way down to the the way you get on Constitution Avenue. And it was cherry blossom season, so Constitution Avenue was a nightmare. It took me, no lie, two hours to get from here to the Nats Stadium. Uh, But the Nats actually won the game. So, you know, hey, it was a miracle. It was a miracle. They've won one game. Well, now they just recently won, but they had only won one game, and it was the game we went to, and I told my son, they only win when you're there, you know? So it worked out in the end, but as we know in life, we simply can't trust the directions we are given. Even the other day with maps, I typed in an address. I ended up at a street over from where I was supposed to be. I couldn't access the entrance to where I was supposed to be because the way it had navigated it was wrong, you know? Maps is supposed to be reliable, but sometimes it can be misinformed and misleading, And this is true of the maps that we give ourselves in our life also. This is true of the maps the world has laid out for us in our life also. The irony of it is that it does the same thing my maps did, is that it sends you back to the same place that didn't work in the first time. Oh, that road was closed to joy. Well, why don't you drive for 10 more minutes, live for five more years, and try the same on-ramp again? Oh, that relationship didn't complete you. Why don't you try another one? Oh, that amount of money didn't make you feel more secure. Why don't you get some more? Oh, you finally got good circumstances, but you still don't feel happy. Well, why don't you just wait for better ones? The same on-ramps, but every single on-ramp you've ever tried to get on is still closed. It can't take you to where you want to go. And the maps that you give yourself and the maps the world has been giving you have been unreliable. And some of you even today you feel like I did when I was so mad and I had to go to the bathroom so bad and I was stuck in traffic on Constitution Avenue while everyone was staring at cherry blossoms I was I was so frustrated in that moment and that's how many of you feel walking into this space this morning you're very frustrated stuck unsure confused upset and I want to I want to tell you the reason for that is simply because you have been given the wrong directions And every on-ramp you have tried to take to get to where you want and need to go has been closed. This is the reality of our lives. But the good news of the resurrection is this, that in Jesus Christ, the resurrection of Jesus gives direction to our lives. It is the resurrection that gives direction. Right after the the angels ask the question, why do you seek the living from the dead, in the dead? The next response they give is very important for us. They say, hey, he's not here. He's risen. So the answer to the people who were seeking Jesus the first time and were wrong about where they were at is, hey, the resurrection has happened. Go find Jesus. He's not here in this dead place. And the same answer is true for you and for me, is that Jesus is risen from the dead. Go find Jesus and get the very things you've been looking for your entire life. The answer to your confusion, the answer to your emptiness, the answer to your despair, the answer to your frustration, the answer to your sin, the answer to your problem that you have with God in sin is that Jesus has risen from the dead. And if you would put your trust in him, the resurrection of Jesus will give direction to your life. And God is inviting you in that this morning. I wanna close with this final scripture, John verse 20. I'm going to ask the band to go ahead and come up and we're gonna to respond to the Lord, but read this here, listen to me here. It says, Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen, which is all of us, yet have believed. The way to be blessed today is to believe in Jesus Christ. That's what he's saying. Now, Jesus did many other things in the presence of the disciples, many other signs, which are not written in this book. But here's verse 31. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have, what is it? Life in his name. The scriptures are written so you may believe in Jesus, not for the fun of it and not just because it's a true fact, but so that you may have life and have it to the full in his name. This sermon is spoken for one simple reason, that you may believe in Jesus and have life in his name. The tomb is empty for one reason, that you may believe in Jesus and have life in his name. Jesus came to earth from heaven, became a man, died on a cross, rose again, not just because, but so that you may believe in him and have a life in his name. This is the call God has put on our lives this morning. And I want all of us to pursue the way of Peter. You know, the final part of this story we read said they had heard the news, but it seemed like an idle tale to them. But Peter just didn't sit there confused. He got up and he went and he looked for himself. And as soon as he found the tomb empty, he marveled and believed. And my prayer today and my call to you today is that you would decide to look for yourself. Stop worrying about what other people think, what you have been taught elsewhere, and follow what the Lord is doing in your heart now and take a look for yourself at the empty tomb. Take a look for yourself at Jesus who has died and risen again for you. And I promise you, I promise you, you will not be let down. If you believe in an empty tomb, you will receive a full life forever in Jesus. So now we're going to respond to the Lord. If you would go ahead and close your eyes and we're going to worship. And I'm going to have a couple people come down front. If you're part of the response team and you want to come, go ahead and stand over here by the baptisms. We're going to have a couple people that are here to pray for you. And I want to lead us now in a time to respond to the Lord and to consider what he might be doing in your life this morning. The Lord is giving you an opportunity today to finally make a decision to put your trust and faith in him. You know, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. And so there's no reason to wait. Be like Peter, jump up and go look for yourself. Today is the day to meet Jesus. And if you want to do that, I would love to help you do that. We would love to pray with you and help you do that. And to those of you who do know the Lord, remember today's the day where you remember that the resurrection of Jesus gives direction to your life, that because he has risen again, even the places that feel empty in your life, you can find fullness in his name. Same is true for you, that today you may believe with all your heart that this is true. And in believing, you may receive Life in the places that are dead in your life. So as we celebrate what the Lord has done and who he is, I'm gonna give you a time to come down and respond. So if you need prayer to know Christ, if you need prayer just to deal with some certain issues in your life, uh, we have some people down front to pray. But as I say, do not go through a routine. Please respond to the Lord. And so here's what I'm gonna do first. I'm gonna pray and it's gonna be a kind of prayer to give direction to you. If you're here today and you're watching online, you say, I really do want to respond to the Lord. Well, I'm going to pray a prayer. It's something that you could pray, but the words are not magic. They're simply a guideline for you to express what might be going on in your heart that you do want to put your faith in Jesus. You can do that sitting on the chair. You can do that sitting on your couch at home. You can do that watching it on your iPhone in the car. God is everywhere. All right, so I'm going to pray. And as soon as I'm done praying that, we're just going to worship and leave it open for a time to respond to the Lord. Come get prayer as needed, and then we're going to celebrate what God has done for us, all right? So let me pray. Uh, Heavenly Father, we love you. And you would say something like this. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sin. I thank you that you rose again from the dead. Today, I put my faith and trust in you. I am sorry for my sin and the ways that I have chosen to live my own life. And today I repent from my sin and I turn and put my trust in Jesus. Thank you for loving me and help me now to follow you all the days of my life. I pray this in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. Why don't you stand and let's worship the Lord.